Welcome to the podcast of Dr. Norman Thomas. These teachings are designed to empower you to live a higher quality of life. Take a few minutes to receive a deposit of godly wisdom for your day. For more information and more extended teachings from Dr. Thomas, visit normanthomas.org. Okay, let's go to Romans 11 and 29. And we're going to read it in the King James and in the the, uh, Amplified Translation because this scripture pretty much sets up what we want to talk about today. It says, for the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance, without repentance. Now, let's read that in the Amplified. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. He never withdraws them when once they are given, and he does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. This is a very powerful scripture if you'll leave it up for just a second because what it says is that you and I have been created by God and in being created by God, he has endowed every one of us in here with gifts. And God has decided that it's irrevocable and that he will never change his mind about what he's deposited on the inside of you. Now, I know we're born into the earth, stuff happens, and we change our minds. But God says, I will never change my mind about what I've put on the inside of you, and neither will I change my mind about the one in whom I've deposited. That's good news. So, with this passage of Scripture, we understand that there is a level of expectation that we're to live up to in God through Jesus Christ, that in order for us to flow in this capacity or in this dimension, that our current state of capacity must be expanded in order to live up to this. And so I want to talk to you for the time that I have this morning about expanding your capacity. Say with me, I'm expanding my capacity. capacity. Tell somebody, tell tell your neighbor, say, I'm expanding my capacity. Now, how are we going to do that? We're going to do that according to Romans 12 and 2. Be not conformed. The Amplified says, do not be fashioned after this world's superficial customs, but be transformed or changed by the entire renewal of the mind, by all of its new ideas, its new attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. So, when I'm born again, I'm born again into another state of capacity that I must grow into. I am not born again in order to die and go to heaven. 
When I die, I go to heaven. But that's not why I'm born again. I am born again in order to live out God's expression in this earth through the gift that he has deposited on the inside of me. And I'm going to do that as I change my mind about how I see myself, how I see life, how I see God, and allow myself to grow up to the standard of redemption. Redemption carries a standard. And most Christians are living below the standard of redemption's provision. And what we're talking about is how do we get back up above the standard of redemption's provision. So let's look at Matthew 13 and verse 12. How do we receive this? How do we receive this? Matthew 13 and 12, first in the King James. It says, for whosoever hath to him shall be given and he shall have more, what? Abundance. Come on now, I'm a teacher and my audience becomes my classroom and there's an expectation on the part of the teacher that when the teacher asks a question, the students respond. Amen. So we're going to act like that just didn't happen and we're going to start over. All right. <laughs> For whosoever hath to him shall be given and he shall have more what? Abundance. Abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Now that scripture for a long time was a riddle to me. I didn't understand it. But God revealed it, and we're going to look at that. Now let's look at the Amplified. For whosoever has spiritual knowledge, to him will more be given, and he will be furnished richly so that he will have what? Abundance. Abundance. But from him who has not, has not what? Spiritual knowledge. Even what he has will be taken away. Notice there's a contrast between a spiritual possession and a natural possession. He says if you have spiritual knowledge, you're going to be furnished richly in abundance. An abundance of things that you need in order to fulfill the gift, fully express the God nature in you. You know, we're called to express God in the earth. So now, what I need is spiritual knowledge in order to attract the things in abundance that I need in order to do that. But if I don't have spiritual knowledge, what things I do have, they will be taken away. You know why? Because I do not possess the capacity to hold them and to produce by them. God wants you to have capacity to hold what he gives you and to produce by what he gives you. Okay? It's sort of like this. It is, it is the need of the immaterial for the material. Without the immaterial, 
you, you can't manage the material. So when a person is in a financial crisis, the first thing they think they need is money, so they go to the bank or whatever financial order that they go to. But what this is saying is you don't, if you have a financial crisis, you don't need money. You need what draws money. You need what, what gives you the wisdom to, to attract the money that is already available to you. See, this is why I believe that in God's mind, everything we need has already been provided. There's nothing missing and nothing broken in our lives because God would not gift you, give you a gift, give you an assignment, and then not give you everything, say everything, everything you need to fully express that assignment in the earth. So it's all been provided. Everything has been provided. The key is whether or not you can recognize it. He says with spiritual knowledge, you will recognize it. And not only will you recognize it, you will draw it into your life. And not only will you draw it into your life, you will hold it and you will produce by it. Say, I am expanding my capacity. Now, go to John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Amplified, please. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ, and the Word was God, and the Word was God himself. The Word was God Himself, and the Word is God Himself. So God is the Word, and the Word is God. Therefore, if I use the Word to expand my capacity, I am using God to expand my capacity. If I receive the Word in me, I am receiving God in me. So I am possessed with God. Right? The Bible says that in 2 Peter 1 and 4, that we are partakers of God's divine nature. Now, most Christians think that they're only human. That is not true. Now, I know you know this, or most of you do, because we're taught this by Pastor Winston, that we are spirit, right? We're not only human. Human is really the smallest part of us. The word human is the word hue, dirt, man. Dirt man, human. You have human capacity but you're not dirt man. You are inside of dirt man, but you are spirit man, okay? You're a spirit man. The, the, the divine nature of God is inside of you being carried by dirt man. So like a dirt bag, you know what I'm saying? It's, but inside of you is the part of you that is most like God. 
And the Bible says once born again, you share his nature. So you have divinity, divinity is in you. If I have a gallon jug and I go down to Lake Michigan and I fill that gallon jug up with Lake Michigan water and I bring it back here and say, hey, this is a gallon jug of Lake Michigan water. I just got it from Lake Michigan. Everybody would say, oh, okay, that's fine, great. No one would dispute that. Now in that jug is water from Lake Michigan. The whole lake is not in that jug. But every trait and characteristic and nature of that lake is in that jug. What am I saying? I know you're not God, but you're the gallon jug for just a minute. <laughs> and God has poured some of himself on the inside of you. Come on, say, I have his nature and I'm expanding my capacity. So if we're going to live up to the standard of redemption and if we're going to live out the gifts that God has poured inside of us, we're going to have to increase our capacity. And the only way to increase our capacity is by the word because the word is God himself. So when we think of words, we think of it this way, that words are literally thoughts that are dressed and draped in vocabulary. So if I have God's words in me, I have literally his thoughts in me. And his thoughts in me will perform Romans 12 and 2. It will transform me. It will refuse me from becoming conformed to the surroundings of this world that I'm in so that I may prove out, so that I may demonstrate with evidence the divine nature of God that is on the inside of me. I have his thoughts in me. Now let's go to Isaiah 55 and verse 6. I want to show you this. Isaiah 55 and verse 6. It says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, and call upon him while he is near. Next verse. Let the wicked forsake his way. Let who forsake his way? The wicked. The wicked. Come on, everybody. Let who forsake his way? The wicked. The wicked. And let the who? Unrighteous. Unrighteous man forsake his thoughts, ways and thoughts. Wicked, unrighteous. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Next verse. For my thoughts are not like your thoughts, and my ways are not like your ways, says the Lord. Now you thought that was for you. Verse 8. You thought verse 8 and verse 9 was for you. But who is he talking to? the wicked. Let the wicked forsake his way. Let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts. That's not you. That's supposed to be good news. <laughs> that's, not, that's not you. Come on, say, that's not me. Because you're not wicked. Am I right? You're born again. The Bible says you have the mind of Christ. So that, that can't be you. 
So in Ephesians 5 and 1 in the Amplified Bible, there is, a, there is an expectation on the part of God for you to think like him, for you to act like him. The Bible says, therefore, be imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example as well-beloved children imitate their fathers. Have you ever seen children imitate their parents? Have you ever seen your child imitate you? and regret it. <laughs> There's an expectation on God's part for you to act, to imitate, to copy him in your thoughts, in your deeds, and in your actions. Well, if that's gonna happen, there's gonna have to be an expanding, a capacity in order for this to be carried out. Because here's what's happening. People are getting born again. And their thought is this, now that I'm saved, it's good. Now, I don't have to worry about what happens to me when I die. Because now when I die, I'm just gonna go to heaven and be with the Lord. Well, I'm excited about that. But I don't plan on dying soon. Okay? I plan on being here till 121. I want to clear the 120. So 121. So what, what's going to happen between now and all that time? You see, so, so we didn't get born again to die. We got born again to live. Jesus died. He died so you can live. Okay, and what, what did he say? I want you to live life and enjoy life to the full in the abundance, in abundance until it overflows. So there's an expectation on the part of God for you to live a full life of his expression in this earth. Now, if you understand that, come on, put your hands together. Let me know. Let me know. So I'm going to expand my capacity. And I got to do that. There's only one way to do that. And that is by using the word of God to get that done. Using the word of God. Now, back to Ephesians. No, back to Isaiah 55. And let's look at verse 10. As the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not, but what does the rain do? Okay, here we go again. Okay. What does the rain do? It waters the earth. And it waters the earth for a reason, so that the earth may bring forth and bud, and that the earth may give seed to the sower, so that ultimately the eater may have bread. That's the purpose of the rain. Now let's just stay right there for just a second because what we can discover here is that the earth complies with this mandate. The earth is created in such a way as to absorb the rain. That when the rain falls, the earth does its job to absorb it. Okay? The earth is made that way not to reject it. The earth does not have the option to decide and say to the rain, I, I refuse you. 
I, I, I decide that I will not produce by you. The earth doesn't have that option. Something miraculous happens, something that the earth has no control over. The earth is provoked by the rain to produce new life so that vegetation can go forth and so that seed can be sown and so that man can eat. That's the job of the earth, to receive the rain. Well, look at verse 11. Jesus, the, the Bible, the prophet says here, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. He says, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper everywhere I send it. Everywhere I send it. Where is the word being sent? To the spirit of man. And your spirit, just like the earth, was created to absorb the word of God. I said to absorb the word of God. Now your mind, no, but your spirit, yes. And it's the job of your spirit to teach your mind how to think about what he said. Now what happens? Your spirit absorbs the word. And then something miraculous happens just like it happens to the earth. Without you trying, you begin to change and you begin to conform to the nature of the word that you've received. The word does not need your help. It only needs your availability. We're talking about the same word that is spoken from the mouth of believers that stops a five category hurricane by the name of Patricia in her tracks that at landfall, she has to reduce herself to a tropical storm. So the word doesn't need your help. Hebrews 4 verse 12, let's look at it in the Amplified Bible. It just needs your availability. For the word that God speaks, the spoken word, is alive and full of power, making it active operative, energizing, and effective. Look at it. Making it. What's it? The word. What's making the word? The word. What's the subject? The word. The spoken word of God makes itself It makes itself, it, it makes itself active, it makes itself operative, it makes itself energizing, it makes itself effective. It doesn't need your help, it just needs your availability. So whatever the base of need is in your life, whatever the problem is in your life, all you need is a word solution. You pour that word in your spirit and let the word do the work, it'll change you from the inside out. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord praise. 
say I'm expanding my capacity. The word was God. The word was God himself. So God's thoughts planted in my spirit will make me think like him. It will make me speak like him. And it will make me act like him on any given situation and any given circumstance. Come on, praise the Lord, amen. Listen. Listen to this. Psalms 103 verse one, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Okay, meaning who forgives all thine iniquities, who healeth all thine diseases, who redeems thy life from destruction, and so forth. So, for example, if I decide today that I'm going to get God's spoken word concerning health inside of me, then what is going to happen is going to create a system that is going to reject sickness and disease of any kind or of any nature. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's the common cold or whether it's cancer. Your system will reject it. But the word is in you. You are expanding yourself to receive the benefit of this redemption standard. Health is a redemption standard. Divine health is a redemption standard. Once, once it's rooted inside of you, it becomes out of order for you to be sick at any level. At any level. It, it is no longer tolerated by your system for you to have any degree of abnormality or sickness or disease of any sort. Zero. Stress and anxiety becomes ab abnormal. Your system will reject, it will spit out stress. It will, it will spit out anxiety when it arrives at your front door because the word on peace has been so deeply rooted on the inside of you, your system won't take it. It's not that I'm trying to be healed, I'm trying to stay healed, or I'm trying to get healed, I'm trying to keep my peace. No, I've got my peace and I've got my divine health and it's standing, guarding and protecting my current state. Can't stay sick. Sickness comes, slides right off. Depression comes, slides right off. Anxiety and stress comes, slides right off. It can't stick because my system has been developed and expanded with God's capacity to reject it. To reject it. So I'm enjoying the benefits of God. 
the benefits. Let's give him praise. Come on, come on. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, it tells us there that we're to meditate in the word day and night so that we may observe to do according to it. That means if you meditate it, you'll do it because that's how you're built. A person who says, I have this habit that's bad and I can't stop. Well, it's that simple because the reason you can't stop because you're meditating that habit and your system is just complying with your current state of meditation, okay? If you want to stop, you have to starve that behavior with new meditation that will replace it with a new behavior. But you can't just, oh God, help me take, I got to stop this, I got to stop this. No, you got to start something. You got to start a new meditation of the word of God to replace that, that habit. So he says here, he says, meditate the word both day and night so that you may observe to do. So the power, the enablement to perform God's word is going to come as a result of your meditating it. That you may observe to do it according to all that is written in it. Meditate it both day and night. That doesn't mean you carry the Bible everywhere you go and every time somebody asks you how you're doing, you're going to quote a scripture, you know, Old Testament and New Testament scripture to them. That's not what it means. It means that when the word is in you, the nature of your conversation, uh, the, the culture of your language is affected by the word that's inside of you, okay? And so you're making impartation into people's lives when you speak to them and just, just, just your, the charisma in your spirit is depositing into them when this word is in you. He says, now when this word is firmly rooted in you, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So my job is to increase my ability to receive from God. Because here's our prayer. We're praying the prayer of Jabez, and we should. But the prayer of Jabez is much a meditation as it is a prayer of request. You, can't, you cannot expect to fill a 12-ounce container with 18 ounces of fluid. And so what many of God's people are asking for is a volume that they're not prepared to contain. Because they're not using the word to expand themselves to receive what they're asking for. But today, you're going to start. <laughs> Today, you're going to start. One final scripture before we're done. Romans 8. And I want to read this out of the Amplified, and it's in verse 6. It says, now, the mind of the flesh is death. The mind of the flesh is death, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. Death that, is, that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace, both now and forever. 
That is because the mind of the flesh with its carnal thoughts and purposes is hostile to God. Everybody say hostile to God. Look at this, for it does not submit itself to God because it cannot, it cannot. What is he talking about? He's talking about a carnal mind. He's talking about a carnal mind. Now, for me, growing up in church, when somebody says, well, brother so-and-so is just being carnal, or sister so-and-so is carnal, what that, what that said to me was they sin in some kind of way. They, they acting out in sinful behavior. But what I've learned is carnality is not the act of sin. Carnality is a state of mind that is void of the Holy Spirit. Go back to verse 6. It's, it's a way of thinking that excludes the Holy Spirit. The mind of the flesh, the carnal mind, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. That's what a carnal that's what a carnal Christian. A carnal Christian is a Christian who thinks and acts without guidance with, of the Holy Spirit. They will make decisions without the Holy Spirit. They will get into relationships without the Holy Spirit. They will get married without the Holy Spirit. They'll move to another job without the Holy Spirit. They'll move cities without the Holy Spirit. There's no spiritual guidance whatsoever. It just makes sense. It's reasonable. And it's carnal if God's not in it. That's carnality. It's a state of mind. So you can have good people that are carnal. Good people. Just a good person, but totally carnal. That's why it's so important as believers that when we're seeking guidance and seeking counseling from people, that the criteria must be more than just they're good people. Because even though they're good people, they're hostile to God. So you're going to take your marriage and, and subject it to the counseling of somebody in the family or some friend because they're just good people. Because it looks like their marriage is good. It just looks like everything is great with them. They're just good people. But if God is nowhere in their thoughts, they're going to eventually lead you and counsel you in a path that is hostile to the ways of God. So what you have done, in essence, you have downgraded yourself by going and subjecting yourself to counseling to somebody who has no Holy Ghost inside of them. Say, I'm expanding my capacity to be everything God has created me to be. If you believe that, put your hands together and give the Lord praise. If you have enjoyed this time with Dr. Thomas, visit us online at normanthomas.org for more extended versions of these teachings. You may also learn where Dr. Thomas will be speaking at a location near you. Until next time, keep walking by faith.